Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to Scram, the podcast passionate about the Scottish food and drink scene. I'm your host, Rosalind Erskine, and on the next two episodes of Scran, we visit the whiskey drinker's mecca, Facial. I was lucky enough to make it to this year's Face and was pleased to learn that everything I had heard about it in the past was true. Namely, it's a busy, fun, whiskey-laden affair. What more could you want? Across these two episodes, you'll get a sense of what being at Fish is like. We visit various distilleries, talk to producers from Island Jura, soak up the wonderful music and entertainment, and really get a feel for what it's like to be part of this special island community. Everything you will hear was recorded at the festival. I hope you enjoy these episodes, and if you want to get yourself to Fish next year, you will have to start doing the booking soon. We set sail from Kenny Craig on the mainland on board Carmack's Finlagen Ferry, sailing smoothly to Portisake. We arrived on Wednesday, day five of the festival, which we found in full swing. Our first stop was Ardenhoe Distillery, where the entertainment was just kicking off. Our first conversation wasn't about whiskey, but wine, when I met Helen Carter from Isla Wines. making wine for 25 years. Mum and Dad made wine in the 70s and as kids we were forced to go out and pick brambles and rose hips and I hated it. Then I grew up and realised they were making free alcohol. Then I became very interested. So Dad taught me how to make wine and when I moved to Isla 22 years ago it was a great tool for bartering. So my friends work on the estates uh, I shouldn't be saying this, but um, if I need a little bit of venison or some pheasant, I give them wine and they fill my freezer. Um, and six years ago, I was moaning so much about being a teacher. My husband decided that we should do something about the wine. So I've given up teaching and do this full time, all from my house. We make our wine from rhubarb, brambles and barley. So we need to freeze all our fruit. So we haven't got a big enough rhubarb patch for me to make 90 gallons of wine, which I do at one time. So people from all over the island cut drop bags of rhubarb that are bought in free wine. We pick our own brambles. I still hate it, so I make Kenny do lots. And again, people bring bags of brambles to us and we freeze it all till we're ready to put on a batch. The barley wine, the barley comes from Brewcladdy, from a friend Donald McCormick's a farmer. He supplies the distillery and for some wine gives us some bags of barley. So when we're ready to put on a batch, we have commandeered 15 empty salt lick tubs from our farmer friends and in each one of those tubs I'll put in enough frozen fruit or barley to make six gallons of wine. Boiling water on top, that breaks down the enzymes in your fruit, plumps up your barley and your raisins, cool it, sugar, yeast, stir it twice a day for 10 days and that's the easy bit and then after that I go upstairs with a heavy heart, little plastic jug and a net and I strain it all by hand, 90 gallons, into my five gallon earlock drums. That takes me two days. So I thank the Lord for Netflix. I watch a lot of movies. 
but once it's in the airlock drums, which are situated in our three bedrooms upstairs in our house, we can leave it uh, for about three months, three and a half months to ferment. Then when you hear the blurping, there's a lot of blurping going on up there. When that starts to die down, you know that your, your wine's starting to slow down and stop. So we'll have a taste. If we like it, stop it. Rack off the sediment. Put, uh, just bottle it by hand into sterilised bottles. We use proper corks. Um, I label it badly, according to my husband. Wonky labelling by Helen. Kenny is a fencer and he knows a straight line, so I hide the worst ones from him. <laughs> so. And even the little shrink wrap tops, all you need is a pot of boiling water over the top, dunk it in, et voila. I hold tastings in my marquee in my garden in Port Ellen. Um, we've also got our wines on the Finlagen uh, ferry and we supply the local spa shop as well. So it's very unique to Isla. You can't just go into a supermarket on the mainland and get a bottle of Isla wine. We were at Bruchladi on uh, Sunday, which was a totally different setup to this. Today's a lovely, gentle day. Bruchladi was just a little bit mad and crazy, but excellent. But it's nice to come and support, you know, the other distilleries. Um, we know that Beaumore's on today, then that'll be a big day. But it's nice to come here, it's a wee bit gentler, the pace is a bit quieter. You've got the most stunning views over here. And as you say, you've got great music. This one I love with seafood because it's really light, really fresh. That's the rhubarb bake. So that is, we do two rhubarb, but that's a lighter one. I like the seafood because it doesn't overpower the flavours of, you know, your crab or lobster. Rosie, great for a summer's afternoon. It's a combination of rhubarb and bramble fermented together. Get a jug, fill it with ice, bottle of rosé, chop strawberries from the garden, top it up with Prosecco. Then, when Kenny and I go fishing, we catch a lot of mackerel in the summer months. Mackerel with a stronger rhubarb wine, the rhubarb wine just cuts through the oiliness of that. It's fantastic. Bit of salad from the garden, not had to go to the co-op. Bramble, if we're having venison or if we're having cheese, that is the wine for me. And the very unusual barley wine, that's got a real sharp twist to it at the end and it goes beautifully with oysters or smoked salmon. So essentially I like them all, it just depends what I'm eating. <laughs> We then headed south to Bomer Open Day where we found staff, locals and visitors alike basking in the glorious sunshine in the haze of a few drams. I'm Barry McComb. Um, so we're here at Bomer. Um, how has your face day gone today? It has been so good. The weather came out and it uh, made everybody happy. So because of that, it's just made the event even better. So in the bottle, our bottle, they've just been so popular uh, and seeing everybody's happy face in the crowd, it just makes it even better. And what was the festival? The bottle, there was a 15 year old and a 25 year old and they were uh, sherry casks, first fills, uh, so they were just absolute fantastic expressions. And people were queuing up for them? People have yeah. been queuing up all through the night, <laughs> even though it was done on the internet <laughs> and they still queued through the night. So that's how popular, uh, it was fantastic to see them all coming through the gate. And what does it feel like to be back now after two years? It's been a long wait, but we've been ready for it and it's just, I think, that, I think the anticipation has been made even better because uh, it's so happy just to be here, see everybody's face again. And you're pouring uh, drums at 12, you know, 
Yeah, I'm doing the 12 year olds and I'm also doing the festival bottles themselves, the samples for the festival. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I've got this stuff and I've got the good stuff You're as well. You're a popular man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the most popular man in the island at the moment. <laughs> thank you very much. No problem, thank you. I spoke to Craig Archibald of Isle Oysters who was doing a roaring trade outside Beaumont. My name's Craig Archibald from Isle Oysters. You're here at Beaumont because is it because of the Oyster Luge? So can you tell us kind of a bit about that for anyone that doesn't know what an Oyster Luge is? Yeah, because the Oyster Luge started because Bomoa was owned by Japanese uh, and over the years a lot of the Japanese have come here and they paired, they were the originals to start putting whiskey with oysters and it's uh, gone throughout the island. Um, so the Oyster Luge is basically a uh, either tasting the whiskey, then eating the oyster, and then putting the whiskey in the shell and drinking it, or putting the whiskey over the top of the oyster. How does it feel to be back at Fish after two years of nothing? Uh, to be back at the Fish this year is mad. I don't think I've ever seen it as busy. Oh, really? Uh, we're selling uh, 1,200 oysters a day and selling out by 1 o'clock or 3 o'clock. Today we've got 1,500 and we're not far off selling out. So where could people get your oysters if they're not here? Uh, our oysters, our oysters we, sit, we sell them at our own wee shop uh, on the island. We sell to local hotels, we sell to Loch Fine Oysters and we also sell to uh, a fishmonger in Fife called Lowry's. Lowry's. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hi, so I'm Fleur, I'm from Glasgow, originally from Germany. I'm really enjoying the sunshine in Bowmore today. Is it one of those things you've always wanted to do? Uh, yeah, yeah, since, since basically I... I got into whiskey and understood what Ireland stands for. I was like, yeah, I really want to go to this festival. And then pandemic hit. <laughs> and two years later, that's me here. So yeah, exactly. Thank you. Cool, thank you. So I'm Sarah from Hong Kong, but work in Gasco. Uh, I think this is the best day ever, ever seen in this uh, festival and very good weather. We, ha we enjoy all the whiskey. It's a really, really good day. Thanks. Hi, I'm Rohit. I'm from Toronto, Canada. This is my first time here. I was supposed to be here in 2019, but pulled the back muscle and couldn't be here. And then COVID happened. So that was two years of no festival. I've been in whiskey for the last 10, 12 years, but because of work, I could never make it to Isla for the festival. And 2019 was when I retired and I wanted to come and then couldn't make it. But I'm so glad I'm here today. It's one of the most beautiful places I've seen. And uh, I'm really enjoying the people, the sunshine, and whiskey is just a bonus for me. You know, it's, it's wonderful. Next stop was Brewcladdy Distillery, whose open day took place at the start of the week. There was an eerie sense of calm when I visited and caught up with brand ambassador Fraser Matthews, who, like the rest of the staff, was still recovering from the open day and the ongoing business of the festival. He gave me some great insight into the sheer scale of work that goes into hosting the distillery open days. So we're here today in the distillery and you've had your face day. How did that go? We have, yes. So our day was on, on Sunday, the second day of the festival. Went incredibly well. It was unbelievably nice to, to have people um, back in the courtyard again, but uh, I wasn't too involved in that. In fact, I was uh, drafted in as one of our digital anchor hosts. So for the first time, as well as the physical 
uh, festival day in the courtyard, all the fun, all the bands. Um, we wanted to incorporate a digital element as well because for the last few years that was the only option we had really but it's given us a kind of awareness that there are a lot of people out there that aren't lucky enough to get to make it to, to Isla for the festival. So being able to have played a small part in, in bringing that to them was something that I really enjoyed personally myself. So being able to show the bands that we're playing, being able to get some special guests on, I think gave some, some really good insights and we got some really good feedback from the folk that were watching it at home. And what can you tell us about your festival bottlings this year? So yeah, we, we released two two festival bottlings on the Sunday, so Rock and Doll 1.1 and Rock and Doll 1.2. So they followed a, a similar a similar concept, I guess you could say, to our ternary release, which was brought out uh, a couple of years back. And what I mean by that is it was a, a combination of the three brands that we produce. So Brooklady Distillery, although we're one distillery, we produce three different uh, single malt brands. That's Brooklady, which is all completely unpeated. We have Port Charlotte, which is heavily peated, and we have Octomore, which is super heavily peated. So by being able to combine the three brands together is a really good way to, to showcase the qualities that each of the liquids have. The two bottlings had a, a very different path in terms of their maturation profile. So the 1.1 was matured in ex-American whiskey casks, and the 0.2 had more of a European oak, so sherry and wine influence. Very different bottlings, very unique in their own right. We also released on, on Tuesday uh, a single cask ask Octomore bottling for, for what was a what was a first for us at the distillery. And I take it you can't get any of those anymore? Uh, yeah, the, the Octomore, as you can probably imagine, sold out very quickly, sold out on the day. We actually had people queuing up from, I think, 4am that morning and the shop wasn't open till 11. So, um, yeah, that one gathered a lot of interest, as you can imagine. The two festival bottlings, uh, the, the main ones, I believe, have sold out, although we did, again, in this idea for us to try and incorporate digital and bring the festival to the people that couldn't actually make it to the island. We did keep some aside uh, for them to enter in uh, an online ballot. So the ballot went live on Sunday and it was open until Wednesday. And again, as you can probably imagine, the, the demand of the ballot didn't quite, or exceeded, I should say, the, the supply of bottles that we had. So you have your day quite early. Do you then, as out with your job, go and enjoy the rest of Fish, or are you kind of working anyway regardless? I wish I could. One of the main things we we look forward to as a staff at the distillery is our after party. So we work really, really hard all week leading up to our, our open day, which is of course the second day, like you say. But uh, that does mean there's some sore heads on Monday morning. So I personally wasn't quite feeling up to, to go into Kalila as much as I'd have loved to because I did have the day off. But yeah, unfortunately for me, the rest of the week spent very much on you know, all hands on deck helping out because I mean, the island as a whole, the distillery, although our open day's out the way, you know, we still had that single cask bottling and, you know, Colhomon Day in particular on, on the Thursday is always a busier day for us just with the close proximity of the two distilleries. Can you tell us anything about the future plans for Brickland Day? Yeah, so we've got a lot of exciting stuff in the pipeline. Obviously, sustainability has become a, a really big part of, of how we're... It's influencing our decision-making in, in a much bigger way than, than it ever did. There's some exciting stuff coming up with, with packaging. Uh, I think we, we started our, our no-tins kind of experiment with the visitor centre and with our online shop. So on there, if, if you go onto our website, you order a bottle, be it Classic Laddie, Port Charlotte 10, Octomore, you're, you're given the option for whether you'd like that to come with a tin or without. So that, that one tin lighter campaign, we have a counter on our website. We're keeping track of just how 
uh, how many tins I guess we're, we're saving because a tin itself is, is over, over a kilogram of CO2. So there's lots of exciting plans regarding that, regarding the, the secondary packaging. With regards to our energy sources as well, obviously being on the island and being a Victorian distillery as well, the idea of retrofitting a lot of equipment that's slightly more sustainable or more green has, has proved a lot more challenging than you know, if we were building the distillery with some of the technology that's available now. So plans are well underway for us to look at more renewable uh, energy sources for us to use for heating the stills, heating the water and the mashing. So lots of exci exciting stuff coming up that I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, be, uh, to being a part of. So phase 2023, when does the planning start for that? Wow. Not quite over phase 2022 yet, but it's something that's always kind of a part of what we're doing. I mean, on on Monday morning, I think 6.30, the, 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 our own internal phase planning committee sent round an email asking for feedback from everyone. So I guess you could say as soon as the hangovers subside on Monday morning, we're kind of, although it may not be at the forefront of everything we're doing, it's something that we're always kind of thinking about because... You know, it's, it's such a great thing for us to be able to do and, and having people be able to come over to the island again as well is, is something that we're, we're so, so excited and, and so, so happy about. So we're always looking to improve on our last open day. The, the, the committee have got all the feedback from the staff, you know, what worked, what didn't work. And uh, yeah, I'm sure the, the, the planning's all already going on. I'll just get told maybe the week before exactly what I'm doing, <laughs> but that's just pretty for you. <laughs> and you guys recently, and correct me if I'm wrong, released it was like an organic spirit it was bare barley or was that something else uh, so yeah the, the 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 kind of barley exploration series I, I suppose you could put it as one of the one of the buckets within our Brickladdy range and and each year we'll release a new vintage of isla barley organically grown barley and bare barley so the idea with that is we're looking at three we're asking three questions i guess of the barley and and how it's got the potential to impact the flavour of the whisky. So we're looking at where. So the where of that is, of course, the barley that's grown on Isla. We're looking at the how. In that instance, we're looking at how the barley's been grown in the case of the organic, so without any, any intervention or any uh, chemicals or pesticides. And uh, the what being the variety of barley. So that's, of course, the, the bare barley. So we'll, what we, we work every year with 19 farmers on Isla that are growing barley for us each year. That's now approximately half of our annual production, which is something you know that we're incredibly proud of because we're we're giving local farmers that market. We're 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 giving them a route to market. We're giving them guaranteed income that they're going to grow barley for us. We're going to buy it. We're going to distill it completely completely separately to the barley we source from the Scottish mainland. With the organic, we're we're working with a farm in Invernessshire. Again, they, they 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 do loads of great stuff on the farm. They've got their own anaerobic digesters. They they try to be as self-sufficient and as green as they can. Um, they've been growing barley for us again for for a number of years as well. And uh, with the bare barley, we work very closely with the Agronomy Institute of the University of the Highlands and Islands, based up there. So, Dr. Peter Martin's been a, a great help to us for that. Bears a. a a variety of barley that's one of the oldest domestic cereals to, to have been recorded. Um, back in the days when alcohol was first distilled, it, it's widely thought that bare barley or some derivative thereof would have been used. But as 
as distillings moved on and as times moved on, it's just been kind of forgotten about because when you're growing it, it gives you a really low yield. And when you're distilling it, actually, the yields are, are incredibly low. It's uh, quite comfortably our lowest yielding barley variety, actually. But the little that it does give us, the, the flavour is just incredible. So we only get around 80 tonnes per year, um, which is, I mean, a week of our production in total. So a very, very small amount um, of our overall production, but one that, one that gives you know, such an incredible flavour and uh, is a personal favourite of mine, I must, I must admit. You need to talk to RCC Salt because they developed uh, Isla Slammer and it was shot of Brewcladdy, one of the barleys. I think it was Isla. It was, so you'd like the salt, take a shot of the whiskey and then have a raspberry and it was really good. Really? Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not a fan of tequila, so I'll need to give that one a go because I am obviously a fan of, of whiskey. I like that, I like that one. It's good. Yeah. What is your first memory of whiskey? My first memory of whiskey, I'd say, is probably stealing some of my granny's White Horse and Iron Brew, tasting it at maybe six years old and immediately feeling as if my esophagus was on fire. It wasn't, wasn't a great first experience, but I, I think indirectly growing up on Isla, whiskey's just a kind of a part of growing up here. We're used to the distilleries, we're used to the tourism that the distilleries bring as well and, and from a young age you're, you're it's, it's always kind of in the eye of the, the island I guess you could say and even though obviously the drinking age is 18, you know we've all got family that work at distilleries and there was a, a kind of initiation period that I went through in my in my teens, as much as that might sound very illegal. Uh, but yeah, my, my first experience tasting it was, was probably that. It wasn't the most pleasant, but I've, I've got through that and I'm now a, a, an esteemed whisky drinker, to say the least. Thank you very much for your time and I hope you have a nice rest now that the face is over and we'll hopefully see you next year. Yes, thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure. The Vase Committee organised a traditional Cayley where the Island Jura pipe band played and I spoke to Ella Edgar about her school of Highland dancing who have performed every face since it started in 1986 in a bid to bring extra tourism to the island off-season. Outside the Cayley I met Callum Gallagher who told me about his new enterprise on the island and on our way home we bumped into Jukebox Gin aka Ashley Griffin and Adam McClellan who told us about her painstaking approach to refining their gin. Your dancers have danced at every fish, is that right? We've danced at every fish since it started. The Highland dancers, yes. And I'm now really sort of on my second generation on the fish, although I'm teaching my third generation. We love performing. And it's all to show the world part of, you know, all of what our culture is. Scottish dancing, Highland dancing. And how does it feel to be, so you, you'll have taught some girls and now it's their kids, how does that feel? Quite awesome actually. <laughs> it was one thing when they said, you taught my mum, but when they come in and say, you taught my gran, <laughs> yes, that's when I feel my age and know my age. But it's lovely that it actually goes through the generations and they're keeping the culture going. That's important to me. And what's it like now to be back? So obviously we've had two years for COVID not being with Faith. So what's it like now? Well, it's wonderful, really wonderful to be back out uh, performing at gigs and events. And particularly in a week where it's one of the busiest weeks on the island uh, and people from all over the world. It's lovely just to be out there performing, showing them our culture and letting them appreciate the young girls, how hard they work 
and uh, they enjoy it. When they're very, the, some of the audiences are very receptive, and when they clap with the girls when they're dancing, it just lifts the girls, and they love it. And it's great to be back out doing normal things on Isla. This is Isla Tuk Tuk. It's a business that I started up uh, in 2019, but it took me a while to get my council licence through and then COVID came along and so I've only just launched this year. What made you want to drive a tuk-tuk in Isla? Um, I was actually, I did quite a lot of travelling in India in 2008 and then in oh, 2018 I was on holiday in Sri Lanka and I was just sort of like looking at the roads and obviously I was travelling about in tuk-tuks and I thought, do you know, some of the roads in Isla are actually a lot worse than the roads in India and Sri Lanka. I think tuk-tuks would do really well there. It's that I think tourists would love them. You know, you can see the, you, you know, you connect with nature and the environment much more. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to get a tuk-tuk. And you've been quite busy during the festival. Yeah, I I've found that I've been really busy. Yesterday was just immense. The Lefroy day, I was just constant from... Oh, about nine in the morning till 11, you know. Um, yeah, people seem to be really enjoying it. And you just phone you like a normal taxi? Yeah, yeah. The idea is, that, I mean, the, the general idea, I had to go and do a big pitch to the council. It was like going into the Dragon's Den with all the councillors. And uh, so I had to, like, I gave them stats. You know, I prepared. I was, uh, yeah, I thought it was well done. Uh, about Scottish tourism, return trade coming to Isla and uh, you know of course you get your whiskey pilgrims but really when they come year after year after year they maybe want something a bit different as well. My whole sort of aim was to offer like uh, tuk-tuk tours, island tours of Isla and Jura but obviously I've got to have a private hire licence, so I can do short journeys as well. And now, we, so we're sitting in the tuk-tuk just now, and we're surrounded by sort of plastic covering. Is that for the midges? No, it's not for the midges. It's for the rain. That was another concern of uh, one or two of the councillors. Was you know, obviously the west coast of Scotland can be quite wet. What's your favourite part of the festival? Visitors, so many visitors from everywhere. People that are really happy that that just want to talk and uh, yeah, that don't have any sort of like social barriers that you find in other circumstances you know that that i they're, they're really engaging and uh and speaking to you and also exploring nice i'll be the whiskey <laughs> <laughs> it's not always the whiskey oh i had some really great uh dutch guys yesterday uh, and they were just brilliant fun for the minute that i picked them up in the morning i was taking them up to lefroy and then they were even more fun after the whole day at Lefroig and uh, they were quite big guys, you know. I, I think I'm probably the right height for driving a tuk-tuk, you know, you don't want to be too tall. And uh, so as we were going up the hill, it was sort of struggling a bit and I was joking, I was going, lean forward, lean forward. So they started going, rah, rah. and actually see as they were doing it in sync, I was getting a boost up the hill. It was, it was cracking, it was so funny. And where did you get the tuk-tuk from? Did you have to order it like from... A guy in Yorkshire. Um, oh, wow. I suspect he imports them by the, the crate right. um, and sells them on for a profit. Thank you very much, that was great. You're welcome.
we're here in the Bridgend Hotel. You guys have been a pop-up with Jukebox Gin. So can you tell us a bit about the gin? Please? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, we are a kind of new gin, which is based here on the Isla. Uh, the distillery is just five minutes around the corner from the hotel. Not a lot of people have heard of us yet, but we did actually found the company uh, early 2020. And if you remember what happened in 2020, it was uh, something of a disaster. Uh, so everything shut down and for a lot of people, tragic, but for Ash it presented, for Ash and I, sorry, it presented an opportunity to focus all our attention on Jukebox Gin. So we got together and uh, spent two years in R&D creating what we believe to be the most versatile gin on the market today. Uh, we've got a combined experience of 20-something years as cocktail bartenders, and we use that experience to really create a gin which works in a multitude of different tonics. I'm sure everybody knows of the perfect self, which is this gin with this tonic and this garnish. And while that works for a lot of gins out there, as bartenders we see people saying, oh, I don't like grapefruit, so, oh, no, I don't like that tonic, it's too sweet. So we've kind of used that to our advantage, and we spent all that R&D time making a recipe which kind of balances out. We, we tested it on supermarket tonics, we tested it on big brand tonics, we tested it on flavour tonics, we've tested it in Coca-Cola, we tested it, we tested it in milk, you know, and uh, it was hard, it was painstaking and a lot of trial and error. We would get 90% of the way through it and then it would fail on one tonic, so we scrapped the recipe and started again. Can you tell us about the botanicals? What is it specifically that you have in there that works with all these different tonics? We are an Iowa product, although one of the main questions that people ask us is why do we not use Iowa botanicals? Because there are plenty on this island. Uh, we've got our neighbour gins uh, around. You've probably heard some of the big famous names. Uh, they source a lot of stuff local, but for our recipe, we couldn't use the local ingredients because it doesn't quite have that flavour that we wanted. So we had to look all over the world so we take our juniper from Albania. The mother tree of the juniper berry was rife around Eastern Europe when 250 million years ago when the earth was terraforming. So now uh, they say that the best juniper you can get is from Macedonia and Albania. So we went there for the best quality and we've kind of echoed that with where we sourced the other botanicals which are coriander, licorice root, angelica, fresh lemon from uh, Italy and hibiscus which we get from Greece. Now, the hibiscus is one of the more unusual. The rest of the botanicals are pretty common in London dry gins. If you know your, your big main brands would be Gordon's, Bombay, Tanqueray, and Beefeater. They've all got the kind of same base. So we've taken that and expanded on it and put our own little twist, you know? So uh, the, I would say the main part of the eyewear that goes into the bottle is the water, because we do have some of the cleanest and purest water around Scotland, and that's, we bottle the gin at 43%, but it doesn't feel that strong because of the water. It really calms it down. So it's actually a very nice sipping gin, which you don't get a lot with gin because it has that harsh, <gasps> you know. Yeah, I don't normally make that noise, but for a podcast, you know. <laughs> and so you've got a... We've got a little medal, yeah. yeah. So uh, we... Founded the company in 2020, as I said, but we didn't launch until September last year. And since we launched, we've won three bronze medals. Uh, the big one from the IWSC, which is the International Wine and Spirits Competition. Uh, we got bronze in that and we're over the moon. And I think of that as Rose Gold, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> uh, The other two are from the Bartender Brand Awards, which is a kind of relatively new award uh, package. Uh, but 
they've been in business five years, but to be recognised by other bartenders who are the best in the field around the UK just means a lot to us as bartenders as well. So we got one for test and one for bottle design as well. It's so. very good peer recognition, especially when we're trying to target our audience from behind the bar yeah. and uh, our peers are saying good stuff about yeah. us. It means a lot. When we were developing the recipe, we got it down from about 300 down to four, the final four, and they are all good but only one of them was good enough for this product and we've kept the other three in the filing cabinet for future releases of Jukebox. Why is it called Jukebox? That is uh, it's a reference to options. If you think of the music Jukebox, there's something in there that suits everybody. No matter what you like, you'll find it in a Jukebox. Well, we took that same ethos and put it into the liquid. That's why when I was saying previously about it being really versatile, uh, it works with different tonics, it works with different garnishes. So. The options are there, it's entirely up to you how you drink the product. And how have you found Faith so far? Has it been quite a good thing for you to help get it? <laughs> it? No, it's really good. I mean, there's been obviously a halt for the past two years, so the the energy here is just sort of still rising and we're coming towards the the end um, of the Faith. We're, well, we're midway through and it's still there, it's still building and two years apart, two years away and you're getting your hardcore collectors, your hardcore whiskey fans but also you're getting your gin fans come through yeah. now now that there's four gins uh, on Isla now uh, obviously some big name ones others small and others like us just starting up so yeah no it's been it's been amazing there's something for for everyone when they come to Fish now and the feedback we're getting is it's it's only getting bigger it's only getting better yeah it's just exciting where can we buy it uh, you can get it on uh, every shop on Isla. You can buy it online at www.jukebox-gin.co.uk. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and on Facebook as well. And various <laughs> other online Yeah, various other online stores. Yeah. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Day six of the festival dawned and I headed to Cahoman Open Day. This relatively new distillery lives down a very long and winding single track road, but the trip was certainly worth it. I met Caroline McTaggart, the visitor centre manager. We sat in on a tasting with tour guide Emma McCarry, and we spoke to Dominic Hefner, who has a very particular talent. Hi, I'm Carol. I'm from Hastings in East Sussex, and I'm overjoyed to be here at Kilhoman Whiskey Festival. Um, this is our second time coming. We tried to come last year in 2021 um, and got to enjoy the island before the festival, but this has been fantastic this year seeing everyone here. So my name is Caroline McTaggart and we are at Cohoman Distillery Open Day today. So how's it been uh, on your first open day for the last two years? Well, this is actually my first open day, so uh, it's been, I think, a lot busier than what we expected. We've got a brand new visitor centre, so it's a big space. So we've got lots of people coming in. Lots of people were excited to come and see the new visitor centre, so I think that's probably what's drawn a lot of people in. But it's, it's great to be back and great to have, be able to welcome people, not just to go home in, but to Isla after all this time. So, so at Fish Festivals before, did you have a presence? Because I know you're quite new, so what, what was it like before and now? Uh, yeah, they did, definitely. Um, I think Kilhoman's popularity has grown 
over the last few years. A lot of that's to do with the social media aspect. They, they've worked hard on that over the past few years and that's really got more people involved with Cohoman. So I think a lot more people will know about us, but the people that come to Isla for the Whiskey Festival, it's generally the same sort of faces that you see every year. They travel back year on year to see it, with a few exceptions of people that are managed to get in as well. So it's great to see everybody. And what is happening today, just to give us a bit of a flavour? Like what can people expect that are here? So we've got lots happening. Um, as you can see, we've got a very busy bar going on. So we've got lots of past releases, present releases, and also our face release that went out today on the bar, the shop, is open we are selling our fish bottling as well and um, which is one per person uh, and very limited edition so people are queuing out the door for that we've got live bands we've got barbecue we've got games we've also got a uh, specialized tastings as well that were booked um, online and we've got some core range tastings as well that people could just turn up and book on the day so there's lots of lots going on and can you tell us a bit about your festival bottling? So the festival bottling is actually a 16 year old bourbon. Um, some of the first casks that were ever filled, when the distillery was founded in 2005, they actually only filled seven casks in the first year. So um, this is from the, the casks that were filled in 2006. So it's very special to us, it's the oldest whiskey that we've ever released. It's very special to the distillery, to the people of Isla, um, and also to the Cohoman fans. Do you have any sort of new releases or anything coming in the year ahead? The only one that I do know will be coming out is the 100% Isla. It comes out every September, that is why we are here um, on the farm. That's the one that's made from our own barley, so we grow all of our own barley here. We do every part of the process from barley right through to bottling on the farm. So it's very unique and it always comes out around about September time once we get the harvest in. Thank you very much. Okay. familiar with Cahoman or are you just here because it's an open day? You know about it, you know about it, maybe, yes, perhaps, <laughs> lovely. So I'll just give you like a really brief bit of history so you get a bit of a kind of feel about the distillery, obviously not too much detail, but Cahoman is an independently owned, a family run distillery. We're owned by a man called Anthony Wills, his wife Kathy and their sons. They're out in the business centre somewhere and um, you'll see them everywhere. Today and they're here with us all the time. Anthony and Kathy are based on Isla. Anthony's goal, the reason that we are here, is because he wants to make whiskey entirely on a site, barley to bottle. So growing our barley, malting it, distilling, maturing and bottling. Currently that's what we've managed to achieve. Right now we're the only distillery in Scotland that does this. Only place in the whole country we can see whiskey being made entirely on one site. So it's a very rare thing. We only do this for some of our whiskies, some of it just given the size of the farm, the land that we own here, we can only ever grow a certain amount of barley to make whiskey that way, but as much as we can we do. Um, so you will taste some whiskies uh, here that are made with our own barley, some maybe barley that we buy in from the maltings in Portela. Um, you'll hear a lot about the maltings on Isla, you'll see them, and um, that's where the majority of distilleries get their barley from. Um, you can probably guess by looking at the four drams there, but the one that is made with our own barley is the 100% Isla. Um, that's the one that we make entirely on the side. That's like our, our baby, our flagship whiskey. Um, but all of them are very nice. So, 
Uh, left to right, uh, so starting with Maccabee, finishing with Loch Gorm, just so you direct them in the right order. Uh, Maccabee, Lovely expression here. Um, it's, this is like our standard whiskey. So even though the 100% Isla, which is that one there, is the flagship, um, Maccabee is like the most widely distributed. It's in that lovely common blue colour that you see everywhere. And um, it's an unlimited release, so we send it to all of our markets as much as we possibly can, kind of every corner of the world. Um, it's named after a beach that's like two minutes down the road that way. If you get a chance while you're on Isla, if you're not, just visiting distilleries and getting drunk on whiskey, please visit the beach. It's stunning. That's where obviously the the whiskey gets its name from and it's very nice to kind of go and see and kind of connect it with the place. And um, you can probably tell from the colour and definitely from the taste, it is a predominantly bourbon matured whiskey. Not fully, um, about 90% of its vatting every time we make this whiskey is with bourbon barrels. So not all of it, we do add in a about 10% of sherry which usually is about one sherry cask every single vatting. And you might think that's a little bit pointless, why not just make it all bourbon? But we have always found that little bit of sherry helps give it a bit more kind of richness and depth that makes it taste a lot more kind of maybe a wee bit older than it actually is by adding in these kind of more rich sweet flavours because it is still a pretty young whiskey and um, on average it's about five years old sometimes it can have younger casts in it sometimes it can have older but just because we're a very small distillery we are the smallest on the island we're limited with our stock levels even though the distillery is now in its 17th year and um, we're not releasing things that are anywhere near that age yet just because we're still pretty small we've used up a lot of our previous older stock um, so on average our standard whiskey is about five years old. Um, also 46% alcohol and it is 50 ppm. So this we need is made with the barley we buy from the maltings in Portellan. Anything that is 50 ppm from Cohoman is Portellan maltings barley. But in general I would say it's pretty light and fruity whiskey. It's nothing that's kind of overpoweringly peaty. Obviously Isla whiskies are famous for their peaty flavour. But this one is the lightest out of, like a lot of Isla whiskies. we kind of sit at the lighter end of the scale basically. Um, so you won't get as much of those kind of rich, heavy, peaty, thick, smoky flavours as you might do with some other whiskey that's made on Isla. It does still have that peaty flavour, and obviously if you're not used to drinking Isla whiskies, which I'd imagine you probably all are, but if you're not, um, you might think this does come across quite peaty, but nothing compared to a lot of the stuff that you can get on Isla. Just want to try it? <laughs> drink, drink! <laughs> Nice. This is like most people's kind of first impressions of the distillery. So it's what most people kind of try first. And um, as I say, it's quite light, it's quite fresh. It's, I think it's a very easy drinking whiskey. It's nothing that's too like unapproachable or um, like too heavy in flavour. It's very like um, appealing across the board. Like if you're not too keen on Isla whiskey, you could probably drink this it's not as rich and peaty and um, if you do like Isla whiskey it does still have some of that kind of more subtle peat smoke to it and then bourbon barrels I feel like are just like a, a classic they're a crowd pleaser anything matured in bourbon you know you kind of people are going to enjoy it. I'm, I'm new to whiskey so I am still learning how to appreciate the flavours beyond it's sweet or it's smoky so yeah. To be honest when I first started doing this and first started trying them that's all I could have got I could have told you if it was peaty or if it wasn't peaty and that was like my knowledge <laughs> and I guess like one of these things that takes practice which is such a weird thing to say because you're just like drinking whiskey I think it is something you do need to practice adapt your taste buds to it make them think they like it and they will <laughs> I think this is a great thing though, having someone explain your like way through it as yeah, well when you're new to it yeah, like, it's handy a lot of our whiskies are hard to like 
like someone said this to me on a tasting the other day because obviously the age is a big deal with whiskies um, and a lot of ours are like non-age statements and it's more so like our casks and that kind of influence that make them different and I think it makes it really hard to like distinguish it in people's brains of whether they like it or not because a lot of it's like it's age statements if you think of another a lot of all the other kind of island distilleries their standard whiskies are like if you think like it's like Laphroaig 10 like Lagavulin 16 but more 12 like it's ages whereas this is just Macrabee like that would mean nothing to you if you don't know anything about it so it's it's good to like actually sit down and be like well that's why it's like that and then be like oh I do like it um, because of that Hey there, my name is Dominic Hafner. I'm from Bonn, uh, Western Germany. So, Dominic, you have a particular talent for whiskey, don't you? Uh, talent to drink whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but uh, yeah, I, if you mean that I won the nosing competition on Isla 2019, yes, uh, I did so. But I don't know if it's just talent or if it's also a bit of luck. Yeah, maybe. I think you're being modest. You probably you'd be very, very talented. Can you tell us about the competition and how how you got to have this talent of being able to nose whiskies and tell what they are? Uh, yeah, the competition is about nosing whiskey. You're not allowed to taste it. They give you eight uh, glasses of uh, whiskey to smell uh, from all the eight distilleries of Isla, and two glasses with Numex spirit. So you have to find out which uh, glasses which distillery, and um, yeah. Um, because my first love was Isla whiskey, I think I might know some notes of the specific distilleries, and uh, that's maybe the reason, or the, the, the yeah, what, what helped me to win this competition. And how did you get into Isla whiskey? Actually, my father uh, had a bottle of Lafroig. Uh, he opened it in our living room, and the whole room smelled like a burnt down house. <laughs> and that was a disgusting and interesting. <laughs> yeah, so. It's like the first coffee you drink or the first beer, uh, you know, uh, the, the taste is unusual and in the first moment you don't like it, but it's interesting, so you're trying to find out what is it about. So, yeah, that was my beginning, I think. And um, have you been to Fe festival, obviously you've been in 2019, but are you quite a regular um, festival goer? Yes, I've been here first time 2012, came here with nothing, completely broke, just a little tent. I had no idea what's going on here, and uh, yeah, um, and I started to go in the flow. Uh, people took me when I was hitchhiking. Uh, I had uh, opportunities to join tastings, which were sold out because people were not showing up, and it was like just brilliant. Also, the people here are lovely. Uh, the Ilach uh, are very nice and 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 friendly people. So um, yeah, I love to come back year after year. And you stay for the whole time. I'm here for the whole week, uh, yeah, leaving Sunday from Edinburgh. What's your favourite thing about the festival? It was the whisky, but now it's the people I've met over the years, and it's, it's the same people, or almost the same people every time, and we started to get friends. There's people I, I've met in Germany too, but I met them first here on the festival. So it's these memories, and of course also a good rum and a nice bottle, uh, yeah. And for your, your nosing, is it, do you have any like tips for anyone who wants to get better at nosing whiskey? Uh, once I've heard a guy who told me that he always has a box of bottles. So he's pouring um, from his big bottles little samples and put numbers down on the bottles. And then he has a big box with that samples. And he's digging. If you want to drink a, a whiskey, he's digging and put pours in blind. 
and he has a book where he's uh, written down the numbers and the whiskey is what's inside, so he's proving himself. But I'm not doing this, I'm just like drinking whiskey and uh, not training to, to, to be a good noser. As I said, I think maybe I just won by accident, but don't <laughs> tell anybody. And because of COVID, I'm not beaten since three years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite whiskey? Oh, that's hard to tell. Um, of course, this uh, I had this memory with Lafroig. Uh, this is one of my favorites, but I love them all. Uh, and they all have their specialties and they all have like their open day, which they are all kind of different. You have the big party at Artbeck or at Brooklady. You have the smaller festivals like here in Kilhoman. And it's always a nice time and they all have good whiskey. So it's hard to tell. Um, maybe it's still Lafroig, Lagavulin, Beaumont, Kilhoman, Artbeck, <laughs> Brooklady, Bonahaven, maybe also Artnaho. Did I forget one? Kalila. Kalila. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you too. Have a nice day. Thank you, you too. <laughs> we headed across the island to Port Haven for the Isla Whiskey Academy Open Day, where we spoke to Rachel McNeil, who runs the Academy. I sat in on her Celtic cousin's tasting and chatted with Anne Hawk of RC Sea Salt, who you may recall from our previous episode on artisan Scottish salt. Oh, and Rachel joined me for an Isla Slammer, aka the new tequila Slammer, and something that you must try over the summer. So I'm Anna Hawk, and I am the owner and creator of Orsi Sea Salt, which is based here on Isla from the village of Port Avon. So how's Vaish going for you? It's going really well, thank you. We were at Brooklady Open Day on Sunday, which was amazing. We also tied it in with my husband's fishing business, and we were serving crab and lobster rolls, which went down a treat all paired really well with the salt so it has been a really busy couple of days getting everything restocked again and here for today for the Isla Whiskey Academy Open Day. And what products have you got here today? So we have got our natural salt flakes and we also have our malted barley salt and our smoked scarabus salt which is going down amazingly and we're doing little tasters of fudge which is made locally here by a couple of girls that are opening a cafe and it is going amazingly. Yeah. And can you tell us about your Isla Slammer? So we have created, Rachel and I, the lady that runs Isla Whiskey Academy, thought let's have some fun, show how versatile RCC salt is and we have created an Isla Slammer drink which is our take on a tequila slammer so it's a lick of the RCC salt, followed by the Brooklady Isla Barley 2013 whiskey, and then followed by a raspberry, and it works like a dream. Pairs so well. Okay, so have, lick your hands. Wee pinch of RCC salt onto your hands. Now what you want to do is lick the salt off your hand. One, two, three, go. And follow up with a raspberry. Perfect. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Because of the, the sea salt, the crunchy sea salt, the creamy viscosity of the Isle of Barley whiskey from Brooklady, and then the round sharpness of the raspberry with the, the wee, wee slice of tannins and the fruity to so all the three components just make it phenomenal. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we invented this last week, didn't we? Yeah. She thought of the name and I invented the recipe. 
So we're very, we're very pleased with it. Drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. So just a tiny wee measure of the barley, but it's cool. Yeah. It was very good. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Rachel McNeil and I am the founder and general organiser of Isla Whiskey Academy. Rachel, how, so how did Isla Whiskey Academy come about? Oh, yes, how long do we have? <laughs> um, it started a long time ago with a company, started as a hobby with a company I had called Whiskey for Girls. And then Jim McEwen said, you know Jim McEwen, the guru of whiskey, he said, Rachel, I'm excluded by the name of your company because it was for girls. And I said, OK, we'll change it. So now it's Whiskey for Girls and Guys. And then from that grew, this, it was a kind of hobby and a blog and an educational platform. And then from that grew Isla Whiskey Academy. So it, it, it grew organically. I didn't say to myself, oh, I think I'll set up this company. It just happened. <laughs> and is it is it obviously what the name suggests about learning about whiskey? Can you, can you get like a qualification or is it sort of, you know, what, what can people expect from it? Yes, you can. You can. You can get a diploma. We have our own diploma, and we've had that since the very beginning. It's certified by ourselves, and we were probably one of the first people, apart from the Institute in Edinburgh, you know, the Harriet Watt, we were probably one of the first people that said, this is our own certificate, and people would say, oh, but it needs to be backed up with someone. And I said, no, no, we stand by our own certificate. So it's Isla Whiskey Academy Diploma. So five days residential diploma, you come and you learn through the production process, got lectures in the morning, you've got uh, workshops in the lunchtime, in practical application in the afternoon, uh, fun in the evening, but it's not, it's the same structure all the time, but it's not always the same tutors. One of the main things that we have about this is that it's a, uh, the students become, and it doesn't need to be the students that stay here, it can be online students because I've also got Court in the Drama, it's an online course that I developed in lockdown and if you become a student of either one of these then you become part of the kinship and it's like a big group of people all over the world that are this kinship and you know some, some people are coming today that are part of the kinship that were students like years ago, it's a connection and they're connected to each other throughout the world and they, so, so we host things, uh, we host online tastings, we, well I host tutorials and workshops and things like that and the people engage with that but they also engage with each other sometimes with, with without us, it's making a friendship network which is old fashioned and that is what kinship is. Uh, and how's Faith going for you? It's brilliant. Today is brilliant. We have never had an open day before and I just love it. I think that we've had the the most old-fashioned Kaylee that's been held in Port Haven Hall for ages. And we've had scones, drums, poetry, songs, laughter, chat. I just love it. And the, the guests seem to love it too, so it's all good. Um, and what's next? Have you got anything sort of lined up with the future? You just what, what do you see happening for uh, Yes, yes, we've got exciting things. So I'm bringing out volume two of my online course. So the first one was called Courting the Dram, which was a focus on the person and a focus on the liquid. And the next one is a focus on production, but it's alchemy of production, which means it's connected to weather, land, people... But it is rooted in technicality, so it's like physics, but it's magic. So I'm writing that, and that I hope will be finished at the end of the winter. But we're also doing pop-ups. So we're doing one in Edinburgh, 
Glasgow, Holland, and New York. So that's exciting. I like takes on New York. <laughs> yes. So 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 it's going to be called Theatre of Drums which is like an event, so it's like today, so it's as though it would be like today, like our open day, but we're naming it Theatre of Drums, so we've been invited to these various cities. May as well. <laughs> what else has to do but have a good time and drink whiskey? <laughs> That's great, thank you very much. Thank you very much, girls. <laughs> They, well, the whole point of this tasting is it's Celtic connections, Celtic cousins tasting, right? Uh, because if you think about where the isla is, okay, and then you just come from here, just over in your boat, down, 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 down. Hello, hello to our friends in Ireland. We would further down, hello, hello to our friends in Wales. And the, the, the kingdom of the Gael, you've got to think about it. Like if you're looking at a map, you imagine it the opposite way, like a negative photograph, so you travel across the sea. That's your vision. You wouldn't drive from Port Haven to Port Charlotte. You would take your boat from Port Haven across the moor, from Port Haven to Ireland. So the kinship is from the sea. So we're going to kick off with the Welsh whiskey from the distillery Pendel, which is quite new. But why this one was picked, it's because our student uh, called Keris, she, uh, she studies um, like uh, the culture of the Gael and the, the Celtic culture. And this whiskey is called Harith, Harith, which is an indescribable word in the English language because it means like homesick, longing, but it's like longing for your culture and your past and your family so you it's like when people like my cousins that live in america and they're homesick for colonsy because they live in new york right but then they come back and colonsy it's not the colonsy they knew so it's like a homesick for the past it's your home that's lost but this is a big cultural thing about our culture and this is why it's so important this is why i'm hosting this today because we we need to reclaim our culture and be very, very strong about our Celtic and our Gaeldom. The thing that she wanted to tell you about this was Pendera and Distillery have two ways of distilling. So they have a pot still, but they also have a funny wee column still. And there's two columns, I believe, come out of their still. So it's very odd. So what they do, this whiskey is a marriage of the two distillates. Now I found this interesting because Waterford, as Steph will tell us later, has a different, because you're wet melon things. But we, we're just pot still, you know, we're just pot still. So you've got the Scotch, that's the pot still, Pendaren, the Harith that we've got from Wales, is the column still and the pot still fusion. And then um, Waterford have got their own way, but we're all making whiskey with barley and using the ingredients. So we're all different, but we are the same. So it's like a family. We're all children of the same family. Oh, I'm worn out just listening to all that. Thanks to all my guests on this very special episode from Facial. There's more coming in our concluding episode when I visit Bonahaven. We'll look at other drinks being produced on the island and we catch up with Ben Shakespeare from the Fish Organising Committee. There's also highlights from our big day, 
and some wonderful chat from a storyteller too. Thanks to all my guests and thanks to you for listening. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe. Scran is a laudable podcast that's co-produced and hosted by me, Rosalind Erskine, and co-produced, edited and mixed by Kelly Crichton.